cats walking on pianos. Go. You <laughs> need to stop. What's your opinion on unboxing videos? Oh my god. Oh god, that. I no, do I actually do have an opinion on unboxing videos. Okay, what's your opinion on unboxing videos? Okay, so, um, I think that there's things from our, there's things from our childhood, right, that we want to relive, and the excitement of Christmas morning or the excitement of first watching Star Wars. Something like that, and there's always this. Wouldn't you love to be able to go back and feel that feeling again, and see something or open something for the first time, and just have that wonderment as a child? And you get to kind of relive that through somebody unboxing something, sure. because you get to see their reaction of something that they're opening for the first time that they may not have experienced or yeah. seen or listened to. And you get to then immediately identify with their emotional reaction to that. And it sort of takes you back like a time machine back to that time. So that's kind of why I think they work. But I mean, there's channels that are massive and all to do is unpack toys. Yeah, that kid, that little American kid. And he ended up, yeah, he has his own range of toys now that came out in places like that. Yeah, well. And Look, he made a fortune out of it. You know, iPhones and like, laptops and TVs and all sorts of things. Let's hope he has a better dad than Britney. <laughs> it doesn't just take all his money, you know. <laughs> Custodianship. Here, little two-year-old, sign this. <laughs> and then there's like free toy kid movement, you know, <laughs> later in your life. <laughs> the thing I always find, find funny with unboxing videos is I'd be doing an unboxing video of a pedal or something and then we do the full video and the unboxing video, I reckon, no joke, Ten times more people watch the unboxing video than yeah, the full video. Wow. That's the only reason I do unboxing videos because people, for whatever reason, yeah. if you look at our probably of the last two years, let's say mm. the top five videos are all unboxing videos. Wow. Unboxing, yeah, of unboxing yeah, first for, impressions. For better or worse, it's yeah. slandered. It's funny. It's just that's the only reason I do them. I don't watch unboxing videos myself. No, I just do them because I did one or two. And they did really well because other people did it. Other channels did it. And I just thought, may as well do it. They're like exposure videos. <laughs> and maybe if you crunk, crinkle the um, the wrappers <laughs> a bit more, then you get the ASMR crowd as well. And you oh. start like wearing headphones and just crinkle <laughs> things a bit more and scrape your hand across the bubble wrap. Oh, start yeah. popping bubble pop, pop, wrap. Pop, 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 pop. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's nice. Pop, pop. <laughs> pop, it, pop it slow. Fast. <laughs> just got a whole new subgenre of guitar pedal unboxing ASMR videos. Ooh, and then when you have the ones with with the big air pocket things, when it makes like a big, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, uh, take the pedal, pull it aside, and just pop. Bubble yeah, well, I don't want this. Yeah. More packaging. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's funny. It's it's um, people like unboxing videos, and I do get comments sometimes saying they're like watching it because it's not uh, like a schmick polished which our stuff, it never is anyway, but like a schmick polished video of it where everything sounds perfect. It's because it's, I always do unboxing first impression. Yeah. So I plug something in and I never look at the manual. I always, that's the rule is no manual. I've got to work it out without looking at the manual. Um, and then sometimes I do unboxing videos and I'd look like the uh, head rush looper board. Mm -hmm. I wanted to do an unboxing video of first impressions and I just couldn't work it out. And just I thought maybe like that's not a good idea to put on. <laughs> it is now on a podcast. Speaking of podcast, welcome to the super fun, awesome, happy time battle show podcast. Uh, I'm Gabor. Hey, welcome. I'm Alex. And we have special guests. 
Rob uh, Rhodes. Rob Rhodes, who you may know from such podcasts as the Iconic Album Series on the Guitar Speak podcast. Yes. <laughs> Shameless self-promotion. Yeah. Cross-pollination. Who, who's the other guy? Yeah. Matt. And Matt. then there's another guy. What was his name? He's on that as well. Fabian. Fabian. <laughs> <laughs> no, me. That's me. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm not Fabian, but me. So, yeah, Rob, thanks for being on the podcast. Oh, it's great to be here. It's great to be somewhere where I can work. I'm stuck up here in Queensland at the moment, but hopefully get back to my, tonight. There, there are worse places to be stuck there is. in, on, in. There is. In the, <laughs> yeah. I think my wife's a bit jealous because I'm visiting her family and she oh, can't. Oh, she can't come. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, uh, her family so happened to live on the beach. Yeah, that's right. In a lovely temperature at the moment. It's horror. It's, it's horror. horror. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to head straight there after this. Come um, swim. I always, I always went at gigs, you know, middle of winter in Noosa, like a Sunday afternoon gig, I always, you know, say welcome to another horrible winter's day here in Noosa. Yeah. <laughs> it's 24 degrees. <laughs> Sunny all day. There's people at the beach just over there. Yeah, it's horrible. I know. It's, it's, someone's got to do it, you know. <laughs> so, Rob, um, other than um, doing podcasts about iconic albums, <laughs> uh, just, just tell us a little bit about yourself and and where can people find out more about you that I sound like Matt when I say that yeah that's right uh, stealing his material where, um, <laughs> and uh, like Michael Schenker would say keep on rocking and keep on rocking just <laughs> <laughs> uh, stealing so, sorry Matt um, uh, yeah so tell us a bit about yourself and and sort of who's who's Rob Rhodes um, I'm a singer guitar player based on the northern rivers of New South Wales just sort of north of Byron Bay, and uh, my main gig is the pretty uh, pretty successful living in the seventies, which is uh, a seventies concept show. Surprise, surprise! Not a skyhook cover band. Um, as some people, we're uh, just saying you should call it that seventies show. Yeah, there is there is one out there. That's the thing when you when you're picking a name for a concept show. It's always a good idea to Google the name first. Yes. Um, there's a lot of bands out there that <laughs> yeah. don't seem to do that. And I did have, I did have, well, it wasn't really a problem, but there was a band in Sydney that used our name. Oh, really? And, okay. Yeah, I just had to nicely say, I really want to get lawyers involved, so can you uh, please change your name? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, we do, well, with everything going on at the moment, we don't do as many gigs, but we're sort of, post-COVID, we're at about 110 shows a year. It's pretty good. For and a... Yeah, put our own ticketed shows on as well as pub and club gigs and try to get the balance right there, special events. And uh, How long have you been doing that, Ben, for? Five years, I think, five yeah. and a half, because I've been up here. I've been up here now six, almost six and a half years. So okay. I was working a, a regular job for the first six months I was up here and then... Went back to playing music full time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, cool. Pretty easy decision. Like I did full time in Sydney cover band scene for twelve years, no. and just got burnt out. Need to take a break, go back, run pubs, and uh, yeah, pubs is my life. Whether it's <laughs> in singing in them or either side them. of the of the till. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> right. <laughs> Absolutely right. Hey. 
and that's that's uh, if you hear some heavy breathing, that's Alex. Stop it! Stop <laughs> it! <doing that. laughs> oh, no, that's his dog. That's a dog. A, a very overexcited dog. Yeah, that there's a new person here. The yeah. trick with a dog is mm-hmm. totally ignore her. Oh yeah. And then that's what I've been trying to do for the last few years. Has it worked? Uh, at times. <laughs> <laughs> Because she gets very overexcited. Yeah. (laughs) And then you get get comments in the videos where people go, how can you not pat the dog? The dog is right there. How can you not pat it? Yeah. Well, (laughs) if we would, then you'd have a dog on a lap in like five seconds. We had that a few times, actually. She jumped up on your lap. (laughs) That's probably the most popular videos too, right? When there's a dog in it. There's dog comments, yeah. People like that. People like dogs and... No. So you could get a, you could do a, um, you could take a photo of your rig with the dog in it and <laughs> Fluff will give you five beards for your rig. Race, raid or roast your rig. Yeah. <laughs> if you put a dog in it, it doesn't matter what it is. Especially yeah. now because she has a bow tie and a, oh, and a collar. We know. It's usually, Alex wears it usually. I've been, <laughs> I've been informed it's not a bow tie because she's a girl. So no. It's just a bow. A, oh. This is what always said. Okay. It's not a bow tie, she's a girl. It's just an, so, a, yeah, an accessory band tie. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's a lot of fun. You know, yeah. when you're trying to come up with a concept, uh, it was really just about trying to play a variety of songs under the banner of something that immediately tells people what it is. So you know, it's you get the band name right, and that's. 50% of your it marketing is. done. It you is, don't have though. to do a blurb because yeah. people just look at it and go, I oh, know what that is. <laughs> that's yeah. why, that's why uh, we don't do so well <laughs> with the Super Fun Awesome Happy Time battle show. And I used to be in a band called Subterranean Emergency Vehicle. There's, no, there's another one. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, <laughs> original band. If it's an original band, it's completely it was, different. It was, but yeah, yeah, true, yeah true. if you're in that sort of corporate slash cover band world, then having something, you know, that's memorable and... Speaks a paragraph in four words. Yeah. Then, I'm sure there's a million bands called Soul Train doing Motown stuff and yeah, disco right. tunes. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I knew about you guys because I used to work, do sound for another 70s uh, concept band. I, the late Woodstock? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was. So when I first moved up here, I was recruited as the fill in singer for that band. Oh, well, okay. Yeah, and I did a couple of gigs with them and <clears throat> then it imploded. When, when? And it split in half and <laughs> half the band stayed and half the band came with me. And yeah. um, Was it for the times when Cole was washing his hair? <laughs> well, no, like Cole's a busy guy. He's got yes, Bourbon Street and he's yeah. got the pheromones as well. I was just joking. Um, the other guys just wanted to play on the off weekends, so you could understand that. But hmm. it didn't didn't go great. And, uh, you know, lifelong working relationships were undone overnight. But that's the world Just we're the way in, it goes, right? Yeah. It's, everyone's protective of their thing and they have the absolute right to be oh, protective of it. Absolutely. So, but without that, living in the 70s would never have been born and mm. um, it was all probably just had to happen. It probably had to happen as much for them. Yeah. You know, to inject new life and blood into if it. it. Is something for two, they've been doing it for a long time, haven't they? That was going yeah. for a long, long time. It must, it gets a bit same. tedious, same, same. And I guess changing things up a little bit just makes everything more interesting. And I've played with Grant in <clears throat> bands since I've been up here and filled in with Janice and stuff. And I yeah. even stay at their house from time to time when I'm up here. So yeah, cool. 
Um, you know, there was no real... Is that the house in Springfield Avenue? Yes. Yeah. Springfield, Springfield. Which is great because um, Burns and... Grant Smith Burns Smith and Jenny yeah. Smithers. Yeah. Smith <laughs> Smith <laughs> Smith <laughs> so good. You can't make that <laughs> stuff up. <laughs> so I told you to address once in a while. Okay, and then like, waiting for the... <laughs> <laughs> I think you didn't get it. Like, oh, right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a Simpsons joke. Oh, yeah. You, out of all people, should know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we did a Simpsons joke on the podcast last night. Dig up, stupid. Yeah, yeah. So it's so you call it concept band, hey? It's like sometimes. Yeah, it's uh, I, it's look. It sort of go between concept and and tribute to an era kind of yeah. like tribute show but it's not really a costume tribute tribute show yeah it's more just uh trying to convey what the 70s scene was mm. so there's jammy bits and things aren't exactly like the record but it's mostly just you know trying to entertain an audience with yeah. whatever's necessary sometimes that's playing a song sometimes it's telling a joke Sometimes it's, you know, yeah. they're the entertaining part, you know. Sure, yeah. <laughs> so it's, um, yeah, just a fun band that I've really tried to cultivate um, an ownership by not only the members of the band but the punters as well, like they feel a part of it. So, and we were able to bring that to the <coughs> fore during like lockdown one and lockdown two because mm. we did little things like getting to know you, live shows through our Facebook page and um, live streams and trivia nights and all that sort of stuff that just sort of well, brought everyone closer. I put links to all that um, in the in the show notes as well because oh, yeah. you've got your YouTube channel now where you do live streams. And, yeah. yeah, and hopefully, you know, as much as I enjoy doing the live streams and um, engaging that way, hopefully that's all over. <laughs> like, yeah, sure. You know, we're back out there face to face. We had three gigs this weekend, so yeah, um, and then two again coming up. Um, but so who knows? Is it, is it four piece usually? Yeah, four, yeah, four piece. piece. Yeah. So guitar, so, bass, drums, keyboards. Yeah. That's sort of. The, the and there's three kind of three lead singers. Okay. I guess I sing about seventy percent. Okay. Of the set, and then those two split. Sort of, one it's will great. sing one song a set, and the other one will sing two to three songs a set. It's so good having a band where more than one person can sing. Because I know I used to a lot of cover bands. I used to work in. I was the only singer. And it's just, I just, it's like just, Eddie Vedder. God, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just so nice having other voices, and you could just go, you know what? How about you sing a few? <laughs> and I love singing harmonies sometimes <coughs> yeah. even more than singing the lead vocal. Yeah, yeah. it's fine. You know, it's great having that, that option of having yeah. other people singing in the band. Yeah, the tribute thing's an interesting thing because it kind of, it can kind of be. Um, kind of be anything from kind of what you're doing like like club dates and just playing songs from an era yeah through to uh, myself and a lighting guy mate we've been working with a, a theatre company doing like full theatre shows of um like story of their life and all this kind of stuff and yeah. it's all choreographed and there's vision and there's um, like scripted dialogue and all this kind of stuff so, yeah and then anyway in between obviously with, um, that's right and I think it's just at, at post COVID, if bands aren't traveling, you can just see an explosion of all these tribute acts coming out. You know, like mm. the Green Day show, this blah blah blah, <laughs> because they're not touring. 
Yeah. And the emails have been going out from agents saying, if you've got a tribute show, we've got rooms, you know, because yeah. people are wanting to put these, um, you know, two or three bands together on one bill yeah. and do yeah. ticketed shows. So I was just, I don't know, a couple of months ago asked to be uh, uh, Bjorn in an oh. ABBA tribute show. You've got the uh, complexion. I do? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but then, and I mean, I, actually, it would be kind of fun playing ABBA songs, but I kind of, I, I went, so am I doing, like, is it like full choreography? Sure, yeah, and, yeah. and they said, yeah. And I went, no, nah, I don't particularly want to do that. If it would just be the music. Yeah. And I, I mean, mainly as in the guitar player, that's what they originally said. And funnily enough, at Music at Noosa, there's a star-shaped guitar, like an ABBA tribute guitar <laughs> that for sale. Someone it's put a, in a second hand. It's a sign from the baby Jesus. I know, it's a sign. It's yeah. a sign. But no, I don't want to do the... the choreography and all that sort of stuff maybe you can do a tribute to the latest like cgi abba well, and then you can just put the suit on with the green bar and they can they can image capture you and then you can just sit at home and that's they can my use. that's my dream just take the money so that's know? my that's dream <laughs> that's my dream is i sit at home and like i send, gorillas i send yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just, i just, just sent my little gorillas. i sent my my you know Clones or whatever you want yeah. to call them, I send them out and they do the gigs and I sit at home. That's my dream. Collect the sweet Benjamins. Yeah. yeah, and just go. Oh, I'm doing 17 gigs tonight, guys. Because <laughs> that's what we're all trying to find is a passive income, right? Yeah. So something you just put out there and it ticks over. So cloning. yeah, just clone or or um, 3D ver like what do you call them? Hol holographic 3D versions of me. Of you. The world needs that. <laughs> Does it? Who wouldn't need that? Uh, Does it really? Yeah, because. Facebook stars isn't really working out for me. You know, I think I've made about $9. <laughs> yeah, all that stuff. No, it's not doing very coffees. well. <laughs> not my coffees. <laughs> it's like one and a half. Got a bucket in your hand there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, right. So, um, oh, of course, I was going to, I was going to start Maybe. talking about some gear then. Mm. So, uh, do you specifically pick like for the for example? Because I mean, you do other things too, other than the, the living in the seventies. Yeah, you? solos, weddings. But do you, you know, so for the sort of for the, the that sort of tribute kind of show that you're yeah. doing? Do you specifically pick your gear specifically for that, or or do you like guitars? Do you want them to look right according to the era as well? And, or? Yeah, early on, I sort of did that when we were doing. Deep Purple, you know, and play a Strat and you know, do yeah. this and try and make it, like, correct. But I guess the most important thing is just to play and sound the best you can. So it's not so much that, but the guitar choices do are sort of informed by that 70 thing, just my purchases now. Okay. It's like, oh, I can't really buy that. It's not going to work a in the 70 show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Satriani <laughs> model? I don't think so. Not that I would buy one. That Randy Rhodes flying V. Uh. That would work. <laughs> See, that, that would work. That would be all right. Flying v. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, that's kind of... But I've gone okay, with the Gibson. Okay, the Dimebag Daryl Washburn. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my Nuno Betancourt metal uh, signature model is not going to work as no. well. Because you, you do go to some extent, you like guys have um, like outfits and... like. Yeah, stuff, kind of like yeah. I wear flares and sure. um, yep. you know Doc Martens and sometimes the platform ones and Ooh. Paisley shirts and because yeah, I don't have I long should hair. start wearing platforms <laughs> just to be a little bit taller than already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Freak everybody out. Just hit on more How are you getting taller? <laughs> I know I hit my stuff with enough stuff already. So yeah, um. uh, but yeah, it's kind of all that. It's more me and Justin. 
I think he just wears his straight clothes. He's our keyboard player. Yeah, yeah, so he's already a bit of a, a Michigan is, hippie. Is he the guy who looks a bit like Aquaman? Is it like the big bush, the beard and the big bushy? Yeah. Is he that guy? People keep calling him Jesus. But or Jesus, yeah. 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 I get, people call me Jesus. <laughs> With the long hair and the beard, yeah. Yeah, wow. I've been called Jesus. Let's change the topic. <laughs> Andy? Andy, yes. Yeah, yeah. so Andy, yes, Andy Andy's nearly 70 now. Oh, wow. Well. And um, looking good for some. So he just sort of, the travel, and you can imagine 100 gigs and the travel that's, that's involved lot, yeah. for yeah. someone like that. It just starts to get dangerous when he's doing the long sure. hauls. So we do have a Gold Coast bass, bass player now. So he does okay. Charlie, he does everything south of Brisbane, and then sure. Andy does everything north of Brisbane. And then they kind of fill in for one another when someone goes away. Or, yeah. yeah um, cool. So it's a good situation like that, plus means I pay them less because they travel less. But <laughs> It's um, also good for, like, not uh, getting stale too. Like, yeah. It's a, it's a little bit different with the different, different players. Yeah. They bring different things totally. to the, to like the, the party. sit on the groove and, yeah. like, um, dynamically where they push things. And, yeah, and then, but sometimes you go, oh, I wish you would play what Andy plays. And then you say, oh, I wish you'd play what Charlie plays there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You start going, mm, and you play him. Oh, I think you're my favourite this week. You haven't shouted me. You haven't shouted me a Heineken Zero yet. Maybe the other guy's my favourite. <laughs> I want you to play on that song and that song and that song, and I want you to play on that song and that song and that song. Yeah. Yeah. There's more dog uh, dog stuff going. So let's 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 talk gear. Okay. Because that's what we're all about. Yeah. We're we're gear kind of super fun kind of happy kind of time kind of gear kind of people, are we? Um, so I, <laughs> I know. Uh, I know it's with you. It's sort of a almost a daily thing that the pedal board changes. Almost <laughs> kind of. <laughs> but what's yeah. so the current the pedal board you've got here with you now? What's currently on there, and what uh, and so, or, or like the rig rundown? What do you use at the moment for that for the seventy show? Yeah, so it's just a one of three wires, depending on what I'm feeling. But at the moment, it's an old eighteen volt um, Jim, Dun- Jim Dunlop five three five. Okay. Um, it was, it was a pedal I liked a long time ago, and I just think they sound a bit cleaner than the nine volt ones. They've got a bit okay. more headroom. So oh, I didn't know it used to be eighteen volt. The very first ones came out oh, like eighteen okay. volt. Yeah, okay, I didn't they know took that. two nine volt batteries, the battery compartment. Okay. Like, so the, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm using that, and then I do have a spare power outlet that, depending on how I'm feeling on the day, I've got box of octaves. <laughs> so I've got this little road case, like a Shaw mic case, that's yeah. called the Box of Octaves, and in it, it's got. <laughs> Do you mean the box octaves? The box box octaves. It's hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> but it's got a Roger Mayer Octavia, like the rocket ship. Oh yeah, that's right. I saw you. Yeah, yeah. you got that not that long ago. Yeah, yeah. and it's got a old eighties um, Mij Boss OC two. Oh yeah. And it's got a Pog two in okay. there as well, which I just got, and. Um, so any given time, there's Sorry, that. it's being harassed by the dog again. Yeah. <laughs> and I've also got a Roto Vibe, which I just picked up. Yeah. Dunlop Roto Your Vibe. Fourth, fourth one? Yeah, yeah, fourth I've one. I've never tried one of those. Yeah, so that turned up on Friday, but I was already on the road. So I can put that, any sort of pedal, or just bypass that. And then that runs into a Y-splitter that splits my signal to the torque box. 
and then to the rest of my pedals so that the amp stays on. We were talking about that last night. Last night, yeah. Because the talk box will cut your signal off if you don't split it's it. It's bizarre when you first use the talk, talk box because it's, yeah. or like the MXR one anyway. Yeah. Because it's kind of like having a little, like a car stereo speaker almost yeah. kind of thing in the pedal yeah. pointing up. And as soon as you click it on, you hear the noise coming through the tube, not through your amp, yeah. which is a bit weird when you first use it. Yeah. And then it just comes through the fallback and stuff. It's bizarre. But... Um, but yeah, so yeah. You, you always have your... I've always your, split it off, yeah. yeah. Wet, dry, wet, dry talk box. That's right. Um, and then that, then everything runs into a switcher, which is now for some reason, I've just, the name of it has uh, escaped me, but it's a MIDI switcher. It's that guy in Indonesia or the Philippines that makes them. What's that company? Come on. Is RJM? Is that? No. no. I thought that's all Philippines. No, I lost it. Anyway. It will come to me. Well, I can't think of it in the um, So it's got four loops um, that can go into the front of the amp and four loops that can go into the effects loop. Okay. So then I do the four cable method. Not the Morningstar stuff. No, that's not. No, not no, Morningstar. No, they're US or UK. It doesn't sound very Asian, does it? No. no. Well, I mean. I truly could. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I can't think of it now. But yeah. Um, but yeah, so it runs into that. And then I've got four loops. So in the first loop is the talk box. Um, and then, so yeah, I'm actually not using the Y splitter anymore. I put it in the loop. <laughs> oh, well, there you yeah, go. Yeah, so it goes into loop one. Uh, and then loop two is the is the Klon KTR. And then the HX Stomp, because I like the anytime I'm using mod modulation pedals I like the drives running into them not no okay. the opposite way so yeah it's the yeah. HX stomp then the clon because I like modulation, um, going modulation staying clean yeah. and then in the last loop I just have a little mini TS okay. um, Ibanez which I never use but it's there if I ever want like a little mid bump or a little bit more gain yeah um, and the drive pedal um, so I go between the Klon and the Full Tone GT500 for the drive pedal. Which you had about four of as well. Which, yeah. It's, yeah. The, <laughs> it's my second red one and I've had two grey ones. Yeah. So the reason why I do that, because if I don't use it or it doesn't work, I just sell it because I don't hold on to things. Yeah, you're, so you're, not, you're not very sentimental about gear. You don't no, like I don't hoard stuff and I just don't want things gathering dust and... So I just move them on to someone who's going to use them or hoard them. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm the total opposite here. Yeah. The ho hoarder extreme. Yeah, and then in the effects loop, it's really just the the stuff that goes into the effects loop of of my amp mm -hmm. from the HX stomp. So all the time-based stuff. Yeah. And oh, so you do that in that is it called four, four cable, cable method? method yeah. 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 So because you've got the four loops to the front end and four loops to the effects loop, you can do that. And then I just have a boost pedal for lead boosts in one of the loops that goes into the effects loop, which currently is the J-Rad um, Steve Stevens Rockaway Archer, which is basically a clone but with a six-band EQ. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, Have you ever tried doing a, like a wet-dry rig with a, with a HX Stomp? Because you could have the your proper amp and then the HX Stomp like is a wetter amp that you can yeah. kind of blend in and it just comes through the speakers. I have, but because I... Alex can um, identify with this because I have to set up the PA, okay, the yes. lighting. Yeah. I just I just want to run a loom yeah, to yeah, my yeah. amp and plug yeah. in. So I've really just simplified. I've totally had stereo rigs and wet dry rigs in the past. Because you had those two little um, 
orange pedal babies pedal with babies, the HX right. stomp. Yeah. yeah, that was an experiment that lasted about a month. Okay, <laughs> because so because I'm mixing and playing and singing, I really need at least a thirty percent lead boost because there's no one there to nudge a fader yeah. up during yeah. the guitar solos, and the problem with most things is they won't boost loud enough. Like a pedal won't boost when you're already hitting it with lots of gain. Yeah. And so the pedal babies ran out of headroom too for the okay. boost. Okay. So even though I'd set the HX stomp for a rhythm sound and then a lead boost, yeah. they would still clap out. They wouldn't stay uh, clean and go loud. Uh, um, yeah. So now I'm using a Mesa Boogie Fillmore, which is... Is that 50 watt or something? 50 watt, yeah. two channels that are clones of one another. So I can set it up one or two ways. One louder one's right Both the same but one louder. Or how I'm doing it now is I've got to use the clean and the dirty channel with the boost in the effects loop. Yeah. Uh, you need an angle amp. Well. Because they have, they all, usually angle amp have two master volumes and you can foot switch. Oh, yeah. And it's exactly the same, just a second, it goes to second master volume. Uh, it's cool. Yeah, so I'm always on the, uh, for a long time, eight years, I think I used an MI Audio Iron Duke. Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember Because yeah. no. the four channels, but they all have a, similar character to them okay and you can use them for two rhythm two lead or that was sort of a marshall kind of one was it yeah sort of i think from what michael said it's kind of like a hot rotted 800 okay but with a clean with a decent clean yeah, channel yeah. So. his stuff is meant to be really good i have i've never played one of his amps because he's australian yeah, yeah. My audio. yeah but, but i've played some of his pedals and they were all right but yeah lots of people really like his amps yeah, the the Duke was the pick for me, but there's the he does some real metal, the Megalith and the Gamma and a couple of those amps. But yeah, he's he's a small. He's gone back to just doing everything himself now. I think he okay. had the whole family and he had a factory and all that. And it's okay. kind of gone back to doing it himself. Because is he Sydney based? Or? Yeah, when I when I used to deal with him when I was down there, he was just at Annandale. Okay, they're sort of near all the guitar shops on that strip of Parramatta Road. No, oh, cool. Yeah. Have you ever tried, um, crap, I've gone blank. What's the guy in Melbourne making like the Marshall and Fender clones? Or Achilles. Achilles, yes. Achilles, yeah. Have you ever tried any of those games? No. S- I tried Stavros the Stavros or something like that, isn't it? Something like that. Is yeah. it a Greek dude, maybe? Yeah, Greek guy. Um, okay, okay. I'm pretty sure it's Achilles Amps. Yeah. Um, Greg Kingman talks about mm. them very highly, and I remember uh, um, I played one of his Plexi amps the only time i've ever played one of those amps was in germany at henning's place because henning had one and it was a nice amp no i had a mantra mantra they're in adelaide and they had handmade sort of hand-wired things made in china of plexis and stuff okay i had that for a while it was really good but um yeah i had to make way for whatever amp came in that week (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i've never one of his um basements um, so, but it had a master volume. Oh, nice. That was cool. Well, that was at that festival or something you were one. saying? No, it's just a rehearsal. Or rehearsal thing? Oh, okay. Yeah. Great circuit. When I used to do some PA in Sydney, I did um, sound for Barry Leaf, and he, that was him. Telecaster straight into a basement, basement and you've never heard a sweeter sound. Like, yeah. it was so good. Yeah. It could be easy. Yeah. Actually, um, off topic a bit um I was chatting with a friend of mine the other day and we had this mate aaron giffen who builds amps on the coast 
the, the Baron. The Baron. Ah, he, he's called himself. Baron von Guitar Man yeah. on Facebook. Yeah, I've seen his face. He's yeah, uh, and uh, not a real Baron. Not definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> Despite what he tells you. Yeah, and uh, we're, we're trying to come off of cool different combinations for amps, and I thought a Princeton chassis in a basement combo, like in a four ten combo, mm-hmm. so that'd be fun. And then we're trying to come up with other other like combinations of circuits and cabinets and stuff. So, yeah. Got any ideas? Uh, Rob? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'd like to see two independent channels in an amp that's yeah. basically one's the JTM 45 circuit yep. and then the other one's like the super lead circuit. So they're yeah. kind of like, they're similar DNA, yep. but you can get that kind of clean cleaner Marshall 6070 sound mm. but it'll take pedals well yeah. to drive it harder and then you can go to the next level with the with the SLP side mm. and each has independent masters um, you can maybe even have yeah. the second you know like a, a master for the two and then independent masters for each and maybe Aaron, a, I mean Baron. Yeah, Baron, did you hear that? We'll put, and a, then, we'll put an order in. <laughs> yeah, maybe and like a two twelve cab. It could be cool. Two twelve. Yeah, I think yeah. two twelve. Pretty much for majority of our gigs, the two twelve works really good. But mm. I love, I love front ported, extra wide single twelve cabinets too. Okay. With a high powered, you know, speaker in it. So a uh, Celestian Redback. Um, I'm trying to read back. Have you tried? No, I don't think it, you've got them in a couple I've of your cars. What have I got? I think I've got three of them at the okay. moment. So one's in my Fillmore. Yeah. Um, one's in my Ampeg. Because you rehoused that, that was a head and it's now a combo. Yeah, it, yeah. Was the, it was the chassis from a Mark V Messer. And then I yeah. retrofitted the Fillmore into it. Oh. Uh, yeah. And it works great. Just disconnected the reverb because in a combo, the reverb's a bit. Yeah. Like washier feedback from the vibration too much. Yeah. Um, and the new HX um, update with the spring, the new spring version is actually yeah. really That's good. That's really good, yeah. So I've been using that. Uh, okay. it, ta- it uses a lot of CPU, but it's, it's part of me, yeah. Yeah. Well, like my chain in the HX is usually just a couple of modulations. So I might have a flanger patch. And I'll have two different types of flanges. And one like an MXR type and then a EHX. And then I've also got the Ibanez jet flanger as well uh, for some craziness <laughs> at times. And uh, that's cool everyone one. thinks the fire alarm's going off the in the middle of a song. Yeah, that's, the, that's the coolest thing. <laughs> I used to use that so much. <laughs> just And then just look at the other guys in the band because they all kind of go, what? <laughs> Every time I hit it, everyone just starts giggling. Yeah. But you try to find the perfect spots for it where it works really well. And it works good in Radar Love. Like there's just, it's the right oh, yeah. kind of vibe. And then there's that middle section of Billy Thorpe's Most People I Know where there's this kind of ramping feedback yeah. in the middle of the song and it works really good there if you just hit it and stop quick. The, the place you got to use it is, is at the most inappropriate time. That's, when, <laughs> that's, that's the way I use effects. At the, at the most <laughs> inappropriate times, <laughs> yeah. use it. That's the best. Uh, I used like to have that and the Miku Stomp. I used to have the, that and the Miku Stomp on my pedal. Yeah. This is when we used to gig in a band, like, I don't know, three, two, three nights a week. 
and it just gets so tedious and repetitive and the same and no one gives a crap and then you've got to do something to entertain yourself and the other guys in the band so Miko stomp solos and, oh and Miko God. going into the airplane flanger so big I do that with the talk box when I feel like people aren't paying attention I'll do this extended talk box solo where I'm talking words and then everyone goes what the hell is going on over there doesn't happen very often, but sometimes you just got to. I used to comment on people in the audience through the when I used to use a Digitech Talker. I used to use it for years and years in a cover band, and um, I used to comment to what people were doing in the audience, but yeah. they couldn't understand it. Right. But the guys on the stage on stage often could. Yeah. So uh, to me, I think one of the most important parts, especially when you're playing in a cover band that's like repetitive and it's always the same. And it, uh, often I was the kind of the band leader, kind of like what you like. You know, I was. It was my band. To me, the most important part is to get the other guys to be happy and to... I don't necessarily care about the audience. I do, to a certain degree. But less, I think, as long as the band, everyone's kind of happy and and, and having a good time. Yeah. Um, It's just... You play better, too. And I used to try... That's what I always used to try and do, is is I used to change lyrics to songs and make... Depending on the venue, some venues, it could go really dirty. (laughs) And then often people don't... Because people don't listen, they don't hear it. Yeah. But the other guys in the band with the in ears, they would hear it, and then you'd see people cracking up while they're playing because it's really inappropriate lyrics. Yeah, I, I do that, but I make sure the audience hears. <laughs> because well, you know that whole... test, you test, you see who yeah. listens and who doesn't listen. And that's a kind of test for a singer guitar player who's mixing as well to see if the vocals are getting out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You just do the little <laughs> test to see if they can hear clearly, and you know, because I'm mostly mixing off PFLs. And you just like, okay, I can just do this little note here and see whose eye turns or who starts to giggle. And I'm like, oh, okay, they can hear. You know, <laughs> so all the little tricks in the trade you learn over the years. And the, I used to put auto tune on my voice. I used to have an auto tune pedal and oh, put yeah. it on my voice and see if anyone recognize, notices it. Or It's on there now, actually. It's so, I always yeah, yeah. I, I <laughs> If yeah. you turn it off, hang on, I turn it off. This is what my voice sounds like if I turn it off. I thought it had a thicker accent too. It's a de-accentonizer that is on there as well. I don't know why I kind of become somewhat Indian, but... Yeah. <laughs> why are people so unkind? But, uh, yeah. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, using pedals at inappropriate times. Well, I was talking about that anyway. So what, uh, yeah, sorry, guys. So you rigs the Fillmore. Is that like the Fender type thing? Yeah, it's more of a Fender blackface, blackface. vibe. I think that's yeah. what you would like, that. Yeah. Well, I can grab it out of the van when we're done. <laughs> you can you can demo it. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, is it single twelve or two twelve? Well, I had the head originally, and I oh, would right. I had a couple of different cabinets that I would use depending on the gig. But now it's just in a single twelve, yep. like Mark V. Um, cabinet. Do they come in a single 12 to combo? They do, I and they come a in a 212. Oh, 212 as well. Okay. Yeah. So head 112 and 212, and they're ridiculously expensive mm. as oh, Mesa Boogies are. Yeah. I think the only one that's more expensive is the California tweed that they came out with. Yeah, that looks cool uh, though. Yeah. I'd be happy to take one off someone's hands. Yeah, that's right. Um, so if you have them for sale, please contact Alex. At, <laughs> Sad, uh, no, <laughs> I just thought of another amp combination. What about like a. JTM 45, but like a 20 watt version mm-hmm. in a 210 combo. So I like it. Do, so do you ever just, use tens? Because uh, I, I really like tens. Never use tens. Okay. No. So I could give it a boot and then. I always found every time I buy an amp that's less than 30 watts class A, mm. 
or 50 watts, 40 to 50 watts class AB, it's never loud enough for the gigs yeah. that I do. And we don't play super loud, but I need that headroom for the you lead like, boosts. Like clean headroom. Yeah. Yeah, sure. And, but I don't play clean. Like, I play dirty, but I just need that, you know, that don't volume when it's near. Yeah. yeah. So I've had, like, the orange stuff, the Class A 30-watt orange Vox, they all do really great because they've got a lot of headroom for 30 watts. Yeah. But a 30-watt Marshall won't cut it for the gig because mm. I've had Silver Jubilee, um, <laughs> the 25-watt. Uh, uh, Silver Jubilee. I do. Yeah, cool. I'm going to sell it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, if you want another third set, because it's got the creme brulee, which is like the yeah. like a matchless kind of thing. Dumble. It's a dumble kind of thing. Oh, yeah. But yeah, every time I've had a Fuchs Dumble clone, and that was 22 watts, yeah. I just could never get the gigs. Because okay. I don't play super distorted, but as you turn those things up to get loud at gigs, they just start to saturate and compress yeah. Yeah. and get loud enough. And you're kind of like that too, hey? Like, you want clean headroom for you. I like clean headroom and pedals, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, So I, I, But the thing that I do now, which I found is great, is if you go direct without having a speaker there, it doesn't. You can turn the amp right down because you just turn it up on the yeah on the PA. So you, you get much more headroom with that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I, 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 it's funny with, with like Alex and I were quite different in that respect. But then the end result is kind of similar. Yeah, I've talked about this before. Yeah, um, we we sort of approach it. I I I like really clean, lots of headroom, all pedals. Yeah, and then he's the opposite. You kind of start at a at a saturated level and then almost work like backwards. Edge of breakup. No, well, I'm like that. I play yeah. really lightly too with my hand. Yeah. Right okay. Hand. I just with me yeah. heavy picks and hard. <laughs> yeah, I got, just do everything. You get, get a run up. I've got yeah. a hammer of Thor right hand and <laughs> yeah, it's sure. aggressive. And yeah, yeah, I do that edge of breakup thing and then gain stack. But I've kind of more gone back to amp overdrive. I always mm-hmm. tend to come back to that and get away from the pedals. Sure. Um, I don't know. It's just. It's more immediate and I don't have to tap dance as much. I can just dum dum. And now with that switcher, it can turn, it's turning three or four things at once with one press of a button and I can just concentrate does it, on playing. Does it do channel switching on the Channel switches channel the, amp, the amp, yeah. 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 Channels, so, it does the expression out of the HX stomp as well as turn things on and off. So I basically have a patch of four things on the switcher that are all just one. Um, preset on the HX yeah. Stomp, but it's rhythm lead clean, rhythm lead dirty. So okay. I can just go at any time. I can go from a clean sound to a dirty, um, like lead break. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, something you know, like you have to do in songs like Baker Street, where you've got the little breakdown, and then all of a sudden you need a big delay, big overdrive. It's hard boost. when you it's hard when you sing too, and you want everything to happen at once. So mm. That's that's. Uh, I I started using. Uh, loop switches as well because yeah. when I was singing more and then it's just too hard to you try to sing and then you've got to look down which buttons to press and stuff it's just easier just one and then everything changes it makes life so much easier all this stuff now do you use compressors at all? no I've never gotten into them I've tried them so many times yeah. but it takes it seems to just steal the dynamics away from my playing and that's yeah. what they do yeah <laughs> that's right yeah so I, I like to have complete control of everything. Do you ever do you do the volume rollback at all? No, no. it was the first semi. Yeah, flat I, stick. I never do that to the point that sometimes on some guitars where I tend to knock 
I get a little rubber stopper, stick it under the volume control and press it down so that nothing can actually turn it (laughs) by accident. Yeah. Yeah, I, don't, I never, I never ever do that. Do you ever really? No. Maybe once or twice. Once or twice. In a blue moon, but yeah, very I never, rarely. I never really do. So I, I play with the volume pedal all the time. Oh yeah. I always foot on the volume pedal. And well, you come from the country background. That's a lot in that country. Yeah. The country world, isn't it? So it's usually compressor volume pedal then into gain stage. Yeah. So you're kind of like limiting how much levels going to gain. Anyway, but it's just a different sound from. The pickups being rolled back. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's the same sort of thing, isn't it? It's yeah. So, are you using an active or a passive volume pedal? Just passive. Yeah. yeah. I never had much think, luck with volume pedals. No, me neither. Yeah. yeah. It's one of those black ones. Yeah. Well, that one, <laughs> yeah. It might be a dumb one. <laughs> I said the, what's the silver one? The Boss. Ernie Ball. Oh, Ernie Ball. No, oh, yeah, with the string. With the string in it. Because now they've got the Ernie Ball, I, I forget what model it is, but it's like the, the pro one which is active and you can set the minimum and sure. it retains all of the tone because it's active and there was one i think jack might have had it one, one that goes over unity like is it is, um, it, like the, a boost is it the lele one the, yeah the oh yeah which is like but he's one of those guys i mean his pedal board it costs more than my house so we had jack on the show once before as well yeah. if you hey, he's, a, he's a good guy i had him on the musicians in too oh yeah true yeah yeah, um, yeah. Jack, um, he's out playing with um, Taylor, yeah, Taylor, uh, Taylor Moss with his ri- ridiculously expensive Dan Electro, Dan, not Dan Electro, Dan Ocaster. Yeah, god, he spent a lot of money on that, but anyway, <laughs> no, he's got two, yeah, yeah, the second one now, yeah, wow, the one with the Jazzmaster trim, yep, and then the other one, which he just posted a thing saying, This is the best thing I ever, saw that. yeah, and Taylor played it the other day. Yeah. I get it because I'm, no, I just Showing you boys the, I just bought a Telecaster too. Yeah, and I've gotten oh, into yeah. that single pickup. Yeah, it's the Brad Paisley like days ago signature. Hey? <laughs> yeah, Esquire. I'm I'm stranded here in Queensland. I can't go home. Uh, <laughs> go. The wife isn't around. <laughs> uh, support local business. Support, yeah. you know? <laughs> I thought you were going to go with the. I'm here in Queensland. I may as well buy a Telecaster. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. It's see, see, I'm, I'm, I'm away from home. I don't have the wife here. Oh, let's buy a guitar. Good, yeah. good timing. But I was showing you my reverb watch list, and it was Telecaster, Telecaster, with Esquire, Bixby <laughs> Telecasters, Japanese. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was really interesting because there was about ten Telecasters in stock there, and just they've looking at big now, they've got a lot of stuff. Yeah, they had a good range. Yeah. Um, so all the new player plus tellies and the American Professional Two Series and um, the Japanese Hybrid Twos. Yeah. So I went through yeah. all of those. It's a Japanese Hybrid Two. It's yeah, they've been out for a couple of years now, I think. Um, yeah. But they had the they had, both were red. They had one maple and one rosewood. Okay. Um, but they had the little frets, and I kind of not into. Oh, the yeah, you're a jumbo frets. fret kind of guy. But yeah, it was yeah, just, but the looks of your guitar is a jumbo neck kind of guy as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but you've got big. You're like me. You've got big hands. So it's, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Just yeah, they're just but yeah it's um it's a great like just looking at the fret work and the finishing and the neck relief and the setup and everything that was the only one i really felt like plugging in and then i just plugged it into a plexi and just played in my fingers and it just yeah the guitar just super light was too. alive yeah. yeah yeah it's spruce huh. made of spruce have you given it a name yet 
Nah. Do you name guitars? Look, I got a I got a Cherry three three five, and I call that Big Red. And I've got a small <laughs> special single cutaway Les Paul, and I call that Little Red. Um, but that's right. about it. I used to have um, so only two red guitars. Yeah, yeah, I know. And I've got, I've got the Cherry Boots as well for the yeah. show. But I had a big Epiphone Blonde acoustic, and I called that Anna Nicole. And then I had the little Mini Mate and Diesel Special, and I called that. Um, Oh, come on, Selma for Selma Hayek because oh. it was like, a, you know, had a lot of body in a little package. <laughs> and then Anna Nicole was obviously, yep. you know, it was big and blonde. And so I had a bit of fun with the names of that. But no, I guess because I don't get attached to them, I don't really name them. Do, do you name guitars, Alex? No. no. Uh, Ter- Terence, Ter- <laughs> Philip, Gavin. Oh. Uh, I don't name bases. Sven, <laughs> Gordon, Arthur, and Tracy. So what was that? That one's name again? That one. Yeah. It's, it's a base. Aha! <laughs> <laughs> I think I've only ever named one guitar I had. Oh yeah. And that was a PRS that I had, and I called it Percy because it was like purse. Oh yeah. Percy. Mm. That was Percy. Um, PRSs could never take to them. Uh, I always wanted one, and then I bought one, and then I played it for a little while, and then I kind of went, no, oh, I don't know if I really like it. When I worked at Allen's, they, that was at the time at Allen's when they had all the high-end stuff. So they had the Swamp Bash 3 pickup ones, and they had yeah, McCarty's, and they had the Brazilian Bird one. I used to go to Allen's all the time to have a look yeah. at all these guitars. And I was in admin, so they all came through me. Uh-huh. And so I would play them, and then when we sharp shop, I'd go, I always wanted to try that, plug it in and play it. And honestly, they felt like toys. They felt like unfinished guitars, that toys, oh, yeah. and someone's going to shout me down for this. But it wasn't until they, they were almost 10 grand, so what were they, like nearly $9,000, and that was the Brazilian, yeah, yeah, yeah. the Birds of Paradise neck. And that was the first one that felt solid that I didn't feel like it was going to break yeah. in my hand. They're pretty thin, little. Mm. But, um, but yeah, I could never take to them. And that sort of turned me off Gibson at that time too when I was at Allen's because that wasn't a really good time for Gibson. It was horrible. Like the painted on, looked like painted on um, neck binding and nibs and I was like this is horrible and yeah. I remember even when I first started working at, at the music shop in Noosa early 2000s mm. um, both Fender and Gibson the, the quality control was shocking mm. and you never knew what you got um, we had we had uh, one guy uh, local musician Alain do you remember Alain Ficarelli uh, local mm. local music and he played in a in a uh, band and everything was white yeah so they were white suits and they even went as far as all the speakers the enclosures they wow. they, they painted them white mm-hmm. and everything had to be white and he um he played a really nice actually epiphone sheraton that he he had painted white but he bought this um <laughs> it wasn't trini lopez but it was a white um like a um like a sort of white sparkle 335 with the diamond um, um, F-holes yeah Mm -hmm. diamond F-holes but it had a normal Gibson headstock so it wasn't a Trini Lopez headstock and he bought it it would look super slick it looked great actually it looked really really good but uh, it was ridiculous it was something like it was like seven eight thousand dollars it was not cheap it was it was an expensive guitar 
And I remember we got it out of the box and it was, it played like an absolute dog. And it took us ages to set it up. So he, cause he plays with flat wounds too. He's like an old kind of jazzer kind of guy, jazz. So he plays flat wounds um, along to backing tracks. He was, he's a weird guy, but anyway. Um, but he um, literally two days, three days later, he came back into the shop cause he had a, um, he was playing it at one gig he said over the weekend he had a white suit on but underneath he had a red shirt and he took the the, the suit jacket off and played played it and the red from sweat stained ate into it ate into the yeah. back of the and this is like a literally after one gig and it's like a seven thousand dollar guitar or something like that and he was fuming well that's with gibson you don't stick them on like stands, regular stands, but I mean, yeah, after, you know. You know, <laughs> after, like after a few months, yeah, but li- yeah. literally one, like yeah. one weekend. Yeah, that's weird. That was horrible. So question yeah. without notice, what's for both of you, you ever picked up, like have you got one guitar that you've ever played, not necessarily owned, that was the best guitar, that you ever straight off the shelf or whatever, yep. what would it? What was it? Yep, yep, yep. Do you know or do you want me to go first? Um, oh, thank you. you okay. Uh, I Two years ago, Almost exactly two years ago, I went to Germany to this thing called 42 Gear Street, like a like a gear event, YouTuber gear event. Yeah. And it was a local um, uh, luthier there uh, who all handmade guitars uh, called Tornfuchs guitars. And I always thought, literally up until two years ago, oh, you know, handmade luthier guitars, you know, what's it good about them? You know, can't possibly be that good. I, he had I don't know four or five guitars there. He had a telly like a it's like a green dark green like almost like your studio that kind of green but sparkle telly with his massive neck. And I I swear I've picked it up. I've never played a guitar that's even remotely as good as that in my life ever. Yeah. And just the way he it just handed it to me, it was amazing. And then he also had and he calls them love casters. They're the telly shape, the love casters. And then he has Bulldogs, which are Jazzmaster style guitars. And he had a, he had one there, um, and it had two uh, what are the, uh, Lola Imperial pickups mm-hmm. in it. And it was in this dark blue metallic again. And he does this beautiful aging that sort of it, it really from a distance you can't see it. It's really only checkered paint and stuff, but it looks so good from up close. And they look so amazing. And it was just a, like literally. I've never played a guitar that's even remotely as good as that yeah, wow. since. And it made, I kind of went, ah, okay, this is what like Master Luthier handmade guitars where one guy makes everything yeah. from start to finish all by hand. I understand it now. <laughs> uh, but they were amazing guitars. Yeah. How about you, Alex? Um, it was probably in Tokyo, I guess it would have been 2019. So, Zoe and I went to Tokyo for a holiday, and um, and we, when when we used to be able to travel, <laughs> back in the old. Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. Back up a bit. What was that? <laughs> You'll be able to do that again, but just not if you're from Queensland. Yeah, <laughs> yeah true. Or West Australia. Well, yeah. Back in the older days, and um, so we like to do this thing where we'll just hang out in the city rather than trying to like. Do all the cities and do like a day or two. And like, like yeah. went to Tokyo for almost two weeks and didn't do any other cities in Japan and just explored like all these little suburbs and had a great time and yeah. got to know the town. 
And um, there's the guitar shops in Tokyo are next level. Like, oh, they're insane. I've seen like, anywhere in the world. It's like if you got a million dollars and go guitar shopping in the planet, go to Tokyo. Because <laughs> like, so. it, it's it's all Japanese yeah. thing. They don't they don't just go hundred percent. It's like two hundred percent. Oh, just just Ishibashi's like yeah. online stores. Yeah, mental. But there's a street. There's literally a street, yeah. uh, and it's all music shops. And you go in, and it's like four rows deep of guitars, just everywhere, and just every guitar you can imagine. And then you go, for example, you go to like o- the sorry Okinomitsu. Okinomitsu, yeah. yeah. And you go to like the the Gretsch room, and there'll be every Gretsch in every color. Mm. And then you go to the PRS room, it'll be every PRS in every color. And you go to Fender, every Fender, like custom shop, everything. Yeah. They even had, there was one shop that had an entire floor, just pickups. And it was just every pickup, like from every pickup maker. Yeah. <laughs> they, everything Jeez. is crazy there. That's a guitar street. Yeah. But um, I played a white Nags there. And it was like the Tele Strat hybrid one. Oh, yeah. And... Um, a Stratelli. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, uh, Telecaster. Wait. <laughs> Went the wrong way. <laughs> um, it was one of those guitars that, you know, you play in like, I could happily play this on anything for, for everywhere. I can do yeah. the cleanest of cleans and the rockiest of rocks and you could use it for anything for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. And then... One came up second hand just in Australia recently, and the second hand one was three six or something. So, yeah, it's kind of weird. Do you, those... do you have any money I could borrow? Mm. <laughs> no, I kind of spent that's... it on a new telly. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's the telly that I'm playing. That was that. Oh yeah, yeah, nice. It was, that was such a good telly. I'm just looking at the Tonfuk stuff to to. Uh, that's yeah. That's that's it. Oh yeah, um, but such a great guitar ridiculously good guitar it's, but like I don't know four or five thousand euro and it's funny with those things like Nags um, PRS Music Man the second hand market for those you know you, mm. Music Man especially it seems that people don't really appreciate how good Music Man guitars are and their resale value is garbage sure And um, but amazing guitar I've had two in the past but that's it there actually oh yeah that is kind of cool it kind of has like a telly bridge, but then like strap. And Fender's doing all those like parallel universe things where they're doing those hybrids too. Oh, yeah. I remember you showing me that, yeah. Do I hear it? <laughs> this will come well in podcasting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's like through a deluxe reverb or something. It doesn't sound like the pickups are like super high output either. Yeah. Which I feel like is more of a nags thing. They do put the hotter pickups in but that doesn't sure, seem like the no. case maybe with the humbuckers maybe yeah um one guitar played or like finally got to play tom anderson uh one in tokyo and it didn't like it mm. it wasn't my thing at all which i was I disappointed about like oh voice you know checked him out on the internet and like these are gorgeous and i think i played one someone had one does you know westy I think christian Aaron o'donnell has... might have a tom anderson I think Christian O'Donnell has one. Do you know you know Westy Aaron West? No, no. He's sort of he's Gold Coast area, Brisbane Gold Coast area. Great guitar player. I think he had a Tom Anderson, and I yeah, think right. I played one it once, and I was kind of like, yeah. 
Yeah, Christian O'Donnell, I'm pretty sure I played his not too long ago at our little Gold Coast guitarist get-together at Scott Watman's studio there at Burley. I still, one day I need to um, get down there. Yeah. It's a, such a long drive And I played it through his, I think he had his white Bogner, um, that his Shiva that he had there. And yeah, it it's sounded got so much really good. Yeah. Did you like it? Yeah. Yeah, it sounded, it felt really good. It's, the neck is a bit too small for me. But it felt good. But best guitar I ever played, off like straight out of the carton, was the um, Eric Clapton Martin acoustic, and oh. it came into Alan's one day, and I checked it in. I went, I got to play this, and out of the box it was really good. And then when the setup guy finished with it, um, didn't really need much, but um, it was like it played itself. You know, like they say when you find a guitar and it plays itself, yeah. it just wanted. It just informed everything I played on it. Like, it didn't even feel like me playing. Um, that was amazing. And then do you like V-Dex? because that's got a bit of a Vita Clapton. I don't know if I do or don't. Okay, like, I could just kind of when I like it, I the sound of the guitar, it. I can almost adjust to anything as long as it's not too small. I almost uh, I wanted to buy a Clapton because um, this is when I worked at the music shop as well. The the uh, Martin rap because I like ten k. Oh, like oh maybe not that one. That was a one of the not that expensive. Yeah, ones. that maybe was, was the a different one. model one. But uh, he, I wanted to buy an acoustic guitar, and the Martin rep said, oh, "I'll bring a few next time I come in." Mm-hmm. And I said, "Oh yeah, I really want to try the the Clapton." I don't think I don't think it was ten grand. It was maybe five or six, but not ten. Maybe it was uh, like a lower. Yeah, maybe. I'm sure. But I remember playing it, and it sounded great, and was really nice. But it was too much of a V neck. And then Jeff, my friend Jeff, ended up buying it. Yeah, cool. He bought one. Um, um, but yeah, he liked a V-neck, but I, I, I don't know. It was too V for me. Yeah. Okay. Um, or maybe that was a different one. Yeah, I just remember it might have been a Martin Custom Shop or something. Or maybe it was and, a, yeah, higher end thing. Yeah. But it was killer. And then we were in Jackson's <laughs> Rare Guitars one day, and Andrew Farris's uh, from In Excess, for people who don't know, um, he had his Custom Shop Strat, which was this yeah. yellow, like vintage white yellow thing. And me and my mate were playing it and just went, this is, again, like every note just sounded yeah. exactly like a Strat should, played itself. And then the only one I ever played that I could afford and I bought that I went, <laughs> this is the best guitar I've ever played is my 335. Okay. Because, again, I went shopping for a Les Paul <laughs> and just on the wall in Jackson's, it just said uh, Gibson Fat Neck, like Memphis Fat Neck, and I went... Like I've been struggling playing these Music Man guitars uh, at the time, yeah. but just playing open chords and being able to yeah. finger them properly. And so I pulled it down because he didn't have any Les Pauls that I really was into. And I thought, oh, it's kind of in my price bracket. I want to plug it in. So plugged it into his, um, I swear, I used to get everyone to plug into it, Matchless 410 in the Seafoam green because I think... Oh. Best ever though. <laughs> it just, it sounded to me, it was a horrible. Like it was an absolute horrible. It took me about 10 minutes to dial okay. in exactly what I wanted to hear. But then all of a sudden, this guitar came to life and I couldn't stop playing ACDC riffs. <laughs> and they would feed back so like beautifully yeah. into harmonics. Yeah, like yeah. the chord would just go straight into the harmonics. There'd be no microphonic feedback or whistling or humming that I've heard from other people's 335s. And it had the chunkiest neck I've ever played, but again, it played itself. Yeah. And so I just went, yeah, I'm going to take this. And that's been probably the best 
the best guitar that I own, and it's yeah, just spoke to me. Well, if we're talking about guitars that I actually ended up buying, it was probably my three three five, but Ibanez, and I was not planning on buying a guitar. I, I went actually again with Jeff, my friend Jeff. Um, when isn't to, that the line we all feed? I yeah. wasn't planning on wasn't buying planning. a guitar, but no, we went, it just we, happened. <laughs> we went to Brisbane. He went. He bought. I think off Gumtree. He bought. Uh, this is. 10, 15 years ago now as well, probably 15 years ago now, he bought an old, uh, which he's since sold, and I would have so much loved to have bought, uh, bought it. It was, a, I think, early 70s SG, which was a beautiful guitar, actually. Yeah. He bought it off a guy really cheap on Gumtree, I think, and he lived somewhere in Brisbane. And So we went to Brisbane, and then we thought, oh, let's go into the city and go to Tim's, and this is when Tim's was in the old shop still. Before he moved on around the, the corner, on the main street, the and, one now, the main and street. now he's gone. And now it's gone completely, Tim. Yeah, um, sad face. We walked in there just to have a look because we thought, oh, we you know go to Brisbane and look at some of the music shops. And we walked in, and he had this uh, 1981. I use it in lots of videos. 1981 red Ibanez artist 335, and I think it was twelve hundred dollars yeah. or something like that. Which I mean, now they're stupid prices, but. Yeah. Um, Picked it up, played it, and he he plugged me into. Uh, I remember it was quite late in the afternoon. He was, I think, it was wanting to close. There was no one else in the shop, and we just kind of came in, and he plugged me into this. It was a sixty, I think, sixties Bandmaster Fender Bandmaster, through one of his two by twelve Tim cabinets. Yeah, I've owned one of those. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> with a with a big Tim spray painted on yeah. it, and I just played. I think I just played like one chord, and I went, "Wow, I'm buying this." <laughs> and Jeff, Jeff sort of jaw dropped to the floor. And, what you're buying a guitar too? And uh, yeah, it was uh, yeah. I think it was about twelve hundred or eleven hundred dollars or something like that. It was just uh, just over a thousand dollars. And I still think that's one of the best three three fives I've ever played. Yeah. The pickups sound fantastic. The neck is great. It's just a good guitar. I did a similar thing. A guitar Brothers, maybe just over a year and a half ago now. Okay. Walked in and I was not planning on buying anything. And like coming to the Sunshine Coast and yeah, not planning exactly. on buying a telly. Yeah, walking around <laughs> and my mate, bass player Charlie, just picked up a double cut special, um, Gibson USA, I think it's a 2012, off the wall. I hadn't even gotten around to there yet and he's playing it. I went, where'd you get that? And he went, oh, it was just on the wall. And I went, not anymore, it's not. And I took it out of his hand, took, played a couple of E and A chords and went, yep, straight to the counter <laughs> bought it because that was my dream like I always wanted a yellow double cut special 2P90s yeah cool and um, the Stone Temple Pilots guitar well yeah. double cut he's their single well for me it was Steve Stevens played this live at the Hard Rock Cafe thing with Billy Idol and okay. Cheryl Crow and a whole bunch of other people and the, it was a super group so it was Matt Sorum on drums and Duff McKagan on yeah. bass oh, okay. and then Steve Stevens on guitar and Seal they did a couple of songs off that Hendrix tribute record okay. from the early 90s okay. um, Stone Free I think it was called and Clapton did a, some Stone Free and yeah. um, Jeff Beck and Seal did Manic Depression and there was okay. some really yeah. cool covers on that but um, yeah and Susie DiMarchi in the early warning yeah. early warning video clip played one too and I just oh, I want one of those yeah, and um, yeah, so yeah, that was just sight unseen. Walked in, bought that. Uh, yeah, cool. Yeah, but uh, the Mij man, it's such a. That's a great guitar. Yeah, we I'm, just played it before. I'm a yeah. I think I've got five Mijs now. Epiphones, yeah. A couple of Epiphones and 
Because uh, uh, Greco and Bacchus. Uh, yeah, I mentioned him yesterday to uh, to you, but our friend Ben, mm. uh, the last shredder, we always call him on the mm. on the podcast. Um, he for a while really got into Orville, and I mean that that turned into Orville, didn't it? The whole yeah, yeah the Epiphone Japan, Japan yeah. yeah, and they were great guitars. Did you ever play any of his Orvilles? He had a few. He's one of those guys. He has so much ridiculous amounts of gear in his life. That man, he always buys all this stuff. And then he sells it ridiculously cheap to his students mm. and friends and complains <laughs> that he never has any money. Yeah. But we love him. Love you, Ben, if you're listening. Uh, um, but yeah, he went through, him and a, a bunch of his students started buying Orville's. This was before they kind of got, this is, again, 10, 12 years ago, before they started getting ridiculously expensive like everything now. Because you used to only be able to find them, like, so all these music stores that used to be vibe, like have a really good vibe about them, they're mm. kind of, all gone and those yeah. those stores used to be scattered especially for me around sydney you had um global vintage rene is still there and then you had um pete's secondhand music musicians market in newtown right. and it was just like a really good vibe he mm. used i bought my first pa there yeah. i bought a ton of stuff there over the years yeah. and there's all these stores that were really cool and vibey and i think the music swap shop there's one down in melbourne called uh, music swap shop which okay. is just you walk in and you're like this down the hallways <laughs> like shoulders like it's just wall to wall gear and tim's was like that too tim's was great i used so, to always love going there love those stores and he's so you know? knowledgeable too like mm. a lot of these guys you go in there and they just know everything because they yeah. they've done it there's also a guitar emporium in, in yeah Melbourne. been in I there love too that place. I've n- i haven't been there since they moved to a new shop but uh we always used to do that trip because he used to get on one of the uh, trams and it was the very last stop right by the ocean yeah. in, in South Melbourne. And the shop was there. And it was there, so much cool stuff in there. Yeah. I played, actually, there were probably two guitars that if I would have had the money, I would have so loved to have bought, which were just two, I reckon, two of the best guitars I've ever played. One was a 59 or 60 um, Jazzmaster. Totally beaten up, sunburst, but you could barely tell it was sunburst. Totally beaten up. I don't know if it'd be an offset guitar, uh, but it was fantastic. No, and the other one, the other one was a, the other one was a fifty, fifty. No, no, fifty something uh, double cut junior. Oh yeah, and there were at least three neck breaks oh. that were repaired. Yeah. Uh, wow. and he, but he's you know you could see it and he was he said it and it wasn't expensive I mean it, for now well, it shouldn't have been it was, <laughs> yeah. no, no but it was something it was something like Blue cuts are free. it was something yeah. like three thousand dollars or something it was, yeah. like not expensive at all for like a 50s um, all original yeah um, junior and I remember I plugged it into possibly an old basement because it was it's all, all uh, guitar emporium all old gear some of the old Gretches they had there were fantastic too but anyway I remember plugging in. It was such a good playing guitar and such a good sounding guitar. And I, one of my kind of bucket list guitars is a single cut, a double cut single P90 Junior. Yeah. But in that the, that sort of dark red kind of brownie red color, whatever you, they call that. But it's so weird because even in the early red. 90s, <laughs> just in the early 90s, you could pick up those Juniors so cheap. So cheap, yeah. I remember hearing so Jimmy Hocking talking about how much he paid for his 50s ones. <laughs> and, uh, you know, 1000 bucks or whatever. Um, yeah. And you just go, oh. yeah. And, you know, they're the big, everyone wants them now, like from yeah. Lucas Nelson, you know, is a big user of the juniors. and They're just such cool looking. I, I, the double cards, I just love the way they look. They look so and good. And now everyone's getting signature models. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> Maybe we can now. get one. Yeah. <laughs> Fender's giving them away at the yeah. moment. <laughs> I wish Fender would talk to me. Mm-hmm. Talk to me, Fender. Grant Caldwell, give us a call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, speaking of little guitar shops like that, there's this place in San Francisco I went to beginning of last year. Yeah. And it was kind of down some back laneway and there's this um, bunch of dodgy dudes hanging around the street, you know, probably dealing stuff. And, um, yeah, like bars on the windows. So yeah. <laughs> went in there and kind of, um, similar thing like we were saying about Tim's but this guys just knew everything really friendly like bubbly kind of yeah. I don't know 60 year old guys they just do just chat, chat ear off about guitars and things and that, I should have bought it there was this guitar that this a local dude in San Fran would build like kind of parts cut guitars where we'd get like a warm off neck and then build a body um, out of slab stuff or whatever mm. but then put like we um pickups and routing and do just like one-offs and they said he would never do the same thing twice they'd try and put orders in with them and say no piss off this is what i've got for <laughs> sale different yeah and they'd always sell them because they're cool and unique yeah and this one was like a, a weird bubbly offset had this really big fat top horn shape and it was flat it was like a blue 60s blue thing yeah i remember you showing me that but these massive big fat gold gold foil pickups oh wow and, um, yeah, that was cool. But it had a super crazy big V-neck. So it was, it was a bit... Oh, like, yeah. It's kind of like falling off the back of it. <laughs> Which way? But um, if the neck was different, because it was like maybe seven or 800 bucks US. Um, just trying to remember the name of the shop because it was like like in-tune music or something generic okay. sounding, but it was really cool. But... I remember when I went to West Hollywood then went oh. to Guitar Center. It was the first time yeah. I'd been overseas, so we went to America. And, I bought a pedal in like, there. <laughs> Guitar sound, I'm like, oh. just as much as I could, f- I was working out in my head what I could get into my suitcase. Yeah, sure. So it's like a <laughs> couple of guitar pedals, um, you know, a whole bunch of just as many strings. Like I bought boxes of strings because it's like oh, $3 a set. Damn, think of that. Because it was a dollar. <laughs> we were we got over there. It was a dollar two to the American dollar. So we were actually getting it way yeah. cheaper. Yeah. So it was just like, yeah, I'll take that, I'll take that. And then you walked into that vintage room and just you know, like what you were talking about yeah. in Japan, but you're just going 52 telly, 54, 57. Like you're just going. Well, the thing in Japan is they don't like any distress on the guitar. Mm. So you go into a lot of these vintage shops and they're just pristine, like perfect pristine. Because it, it's funny because like that, uh, uh, we were talking about that website, that um, music trading. Yeah. Um, his description of the guitars, you know, it'll say fair. And then, you know, we'd buy the guitar that says, said fair, you know, and it, you kind of look at it and go, that, what? There's like no, it <laughs> looks wrong. perfect. But they'd be like, oh, there's a, there's a little, there's a little scratch. Uh, when you take the neck off underneath in the neck pocket, there's a little scratch. You've got to love Can't those, say, you know. you've got to love the those Japan- standards. Yeah. Hey, no, the Japanese great. are just like that. And it's, it's, they don't like beaten up look. It has to be perfect. Yeah. There's Whereas like in this country. people in the world too, yeah. which yeah. is lovely. And you go into some of these shops and there's like, you know, three, you know, uh, uh, like first, you know, the, the what were they, like 58, 59 Les Pauls. Yeah. Like as if they're just out of the case, brand new yeah, yeah. <laughs> for like a hundred grand or whatever. Yeah. But um, perfect. because Yeah, they're there. Well, it's here. Someone puts a guitar on Facebook Marketplace and says showroom condition and you turn up yeah. and you're like, what showroom's that? You know, this is the really, really beaten <laughs> up showroom. Too much showroom. Yeah, cash converters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Das ist die Tip, Tip Top Tip Shop uh, Showroom, yeah. Oh um, man. Yeah, it's fun. It's it's it'd be nice to actually Japan. I'd love to go there again and yeah. check all that stuff. Out. Have, have you ever been over there? Or? No, only been in the states. It's the only time I've been overseas. You now, look, especially Gold Coast. From it's so cheap the flights to go over there when it, when it was open. It's cheap because they charge you six thousand dollars for fourteen days in a quarantine <laughs> hotel when you get True. back. When you get back, well, now like, it is not. But. We'll just get them on the back end. You know, we we'll charge them cheap to yeah. get over yeah. there and then get them on the back end. Because uh, um, yeah, that's there's some there's some I've never seen guitar shops like in Japan. That's mm. insane. Yeah, I remember there's one like it's like Ishibashi Music or one of the just big chain like city shops. Just not not even the Guitar Street boutique ones. They had a whole wall of private stock PRS. Wow. Not a couple, but a wall. <laughs> and one of the PRS amps that are like wrapped in that paisley fabric stuff. And wow. And like the, just the, the amount of gear. You're like Music Man, every model in every available color. It's just insane what yeah. they had. And, like, kind of, yeah, just and very them. unassuming. Like there's this one place in the city, and again, it wasn't on Guitar Street. Yeah. And there's this little sign, you know, like, a three sign with a guitar on it, like Japanese writing and a guitar, and then there's like a like a staircase going down, like very unassuming. Yeah. And then you walk down the staircase, and it's this like football stadium size shop. <laughs> must be the last <laughs> with place like in the world. Every freaking guitar ever made. <laughs> yeah, must be the last place in the world like that, because uh, retail be. stores are, you know, in the states is yeah. gone. They've all gone belly up, yeah. and I know when I was first learning we'd go into Parramatta Road in Sydney yeah because you had mm. Guitar World um, Drum Centre Music Centre you had Downtown Music yeah you had uh, Jackson's Rare Guitars yeah and then you had some of the pawn shops even had yeah, like great guitars in it and you could walk from there and then Petersham down the road was only like another six blocks yeah so you get off at Petersham Station and just walk down yeah and your whole day is just walk doing that circle and across yeah. the street and then yeah. back up, you know. That's so, something that's missing too is like the social aspect of hanging in the yeah. shops and talking crap with we your We used to go in the Fortitude Valley in Brisbane was the place. There was this one, these two streets basically. Yeah. All the big music shops in, like in Brisbane were there at one yeah. stage. And yeah. we used to make, we used to do days. We'd catch a train, go down to Brisbane yeah. just to go and hang out and look at all the music shops yeah. and then get on a train and go back. Maybe buy some picks and then come back. Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> or a, an old um, back issue of Guitar World that <laughs> used to have venue music was like that. So yeah. venue music would have all the guitars and then just boxes of Guitar World back yeah. issues and you'd spend the whole day because the one in Sydney was three stories high. Yeah. So you would go like downstairs, it's guitars and then the next one up is drums and whatever else and then right up the top's PA and high tech. And yeah. Allen's is a bit like that in Pitch mm. Street too, which was Brash's originally. Well, I've been at Allen's. Yeah. <sighs> We do the same thing. I even remember brushes. I used to go to brushes in in Brisbane. Yeah. I used to go there when I first came here. Yeah, I met. I worked there and met Michael Brush, and right before he sold the in, whole in, thing, in Brisbane, in Sydney, oh, on Sydney, yeah, Big Street. Because Mel, the guy who's now one of the manager, I think he's the main manager now in Malulba Music. Yeah, used to be at Music at Noosa, but now Malulba Music. He used to run brushes in in uh, Brisbane for, yeah, yeah. for many many years. Yeah. And I think yeah. Dex was there too. Oh, yeah. That's what Dex and oh. Mel, Mel were telling you each other. Anyway. There you go. Those music were the old shops. Days, music yeah. shop things. Yeah. But yeah, it's 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 kind of missing nowadays. Yeah, it's a scene, eh? Hey? Like it's, it is a like thing, yeah. You, you make contacts and say, oh, 
oh no, God needs a guitar player for gigging two weeks' time and might get some work out of it or... eBay kind of killed it. You know, I think that was yeah. the beginning and the end yeah. of... Because yeah. you used to be able to coexist. Music shops coexisted with Trading Post. Yeah. You know, yeah. back in the day. And then... Oh, the Trading Post. Once, I remember that, get, buying the Trading yeah. Post. Yeah, those were the days. Buying it. <laughs> and then every... Oh, sorry. They don't want to spend a dollar twenty. <laughs> <laughs> well, one person would buy it and you'd just pass it around. Everyone would look it up, yeah. 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 I'm done with it. You could open it up and it'd be things circled. Yeah, yeah pages missing. <laughs> yeah. Things cut out. <laughs> You're not getting this. Yeah. I've got to save one more week. I've got to hide it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then eBay sort of became the intermediary and people started consignment was too expensive so people just put stuff on eBay. It's more immediate too. Yeah. Yeah. And then Gumtree took over Trading Post because I remember when Trading Post went online and that was, you know, you'd go there. You'd have Trading Post open here and eBay open there and you'd be like... (laughs) (laughs) Seeing the same ad sometimes. Yeah. And that was also the death of the big discount too because... I remember I got my first in music store endorsement for our band uh-huh. and you just got a card that was basically everything was 30% off the ticketed yeah. price. And now you can't walk into a store and say, can I have 30 points? Because there's not that margin anymore. No, the margins you are much, much smaller. They go, oh, recommended retail is $3,000. Think through it, twenty one ninety nine, <laughs> And then they make you feel like you can't yeah. bargain any further. Yeah. Yeah. Because there isn't much. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Everything is, it's, it's with everything, not just guitar stuff. Everything is constantly on sale now. Yeah. So every shop always has sale. I mean, it used to be carpet shops. You used to joke. You, you go past the carpet shop <laughs> yeah. and it's like closing down sale or one and only sale. And you go, what? What? There's, yeah. there's like always. A, I've never walked past this shop and it wasn't a sale. Last weeks. Yeah. yeah. Like you, how many last weeks? How many last weeks? <laughs> if you buy a rug at a full price, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. But I mean, now the thing is you walk through a shopping center and it's every single shop is like that, almost. Yeah. Every single shop sale. I, there's a Noosa, at, where, where, you know, where I shop at the um, at Noosa Civic at the shopping center. There's a house like a, um, you know, like a like kitchen, kitchen. kitchen gear and stuff. Yeah, like Robin's and, Kitchen or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. I swear, house, yeah. for the last six months, they've had a closing down sale. Yeah. All stock must go. And they're still there. And it's still completely full. And it's like, what? <laughs> Really? Are we you had one like Tweed, they did that. And we said, <laughs> when, closing down. Yeah, when are you closing? They said, oh, we're shut, on, we're shut on Monday for a refurb. So we don't want to have to move all the store, all the stock out. Yeah. And then that's what they did. But they hardly refurbed it at all. And they just had a new shipment come in. You yeah. know? But, well, that's that shit. That's at the house place. It's yeah. exactly the same. You can see it's sort of getting half empty. And then you come back the next week and it's completely full again, closing down sale. Yeah. <laughs> Because they're really? cash poor, they can't buy the stock yeah. until they've emptied it out and just got to closing get... down for the last year. You're really bad at closing down, aren't you? Yeah, remember <laughs> yeah, that. Okay. <laughs> remember the show Fast Forward? Steve yeah. Weizard and Michael Veach used to do for Kari rugs because that was a play on. They were always on sale, you know. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Oh man. Talking about full frontal stuff the other day. Oh yeah. <laughs> that was a good show. How are we going for time? One. Oh, almost four. an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, that's it good. did was running for like four minutes before we started talking. Okay, so an hour, an hour and twenty five. <laughs> that's, um, that's right well, I guess we better call it a day. But that was that was good fun. Yeah. I mean, it was one of those chats that went everywhere, and nowhere. But that's what it's all about. That's life today, isn't that's it? That's life today. Oh, everywhere and nowhere. It's <laughs> <laughs> album name, the album title. Planning for uncertainty. Mm-hmm. The COVID P- era. Planning for spontaneity. Yeah. That's so what I'm doing. 
so thank you so much. Thank oh, you so much for coming to be on, here. Bro. Thanks it's for been, inviting be able to actually get here. Yeah, I know. Actually, meet <laughs> yeah. in person. So it's funny because, I mean, we've known each other for at least a year now. Plus, yeah, more than a year. More than a year, yeah. Because that homemade jam thing was... June or something? Yeah. Or that was maybe earlier. earlier before May. everything opened up again. Yeah. So it was maybe even April, May, May. April, May last year. And the since then, with the musicians, your musicians in and all that stuff as yeah. well, we've, we've talked a lot. Yeah. And then now, what what was it 16 episodes or 18 episodes? Yeah, I think you did, yeah, 18th. 18th yeah. episodes of the uh, Iconic Album podcast. Um, what are you up to with this one? 110. What are we up to? Oh, crap. I don't even know. What episode is this? 110. Uh, you guys talk for a second <laughs> and we'll let you know. What are your guesses? Um, say... It's more than 100. Oh, okay, so let's say 117. Uh, what, do you th- what do you think, Alex? I know we haven't done it from a month or so, so I have no idea. 117. Whoa! <laughs> it actually is 117. <laughs> I'm going to go buy a lottery ticket. Get out. You you <laughs> listened to the, the previous episode before you came here. <laughs> no, actually, I haven't. I've, yeah. It is, yeah, it is 117. That's This is episode 117. So, uh, Six, I forgot about <laughs> Or eight. Uh, it, it feels like episode 2000, but... <laughs> Now we've been we've been so slack this year with this podcast, and because we've been wanting to have you on Matt on for a while as well, and um, there's um, Mark from Kink Pedals. We've been Mm -hmm. talking to him for ages about coming on, but we just I don't know. Time just it seems like we're here filming and talking about this stuff. Then I go home, edit some videos, and then before night I'm here again and we're filming again. And it's like, has it really been a week? But that's what it's like. It's kind of gig weekends, you know. You get home Sunday night. And you go, oh, I've got a few days. And then you wake up Monday and you go, well, I've got to do promo or marketing. And then, you know, like, Tuesday yeah. comes around, someone asks you to do something. And all of a sudden, you're like packing the van again, yeah. putting guitars or checking whether they need restringing and yeah, yeah. back in the back in where you go. That's the way it goes. Uh, so, Rob, um, I'm going to put all the links to everything with you, your YouTube channel and all yeah, that stuff. Awesome. I'll put all that in the show notes and go check him out. The As, as Matt says, the hardest working man in show business. <laughs> Do 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 yeah, do, yeah. do 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 do. Huh, Rob, huh, Rhodes, huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, wow. So yeah, thanks so much for coming on. My pleasure. And, and uh, yeah, good uh, to be here. check out our podcast with with uh, Matt because that's always good fun as well. Especially the next one. Yeah, you can, you can or, tune in and see Gabor hate on Jimmy Barnes and Van Halen. Well, the last one was Van Halen <laughs> on his anniversary of his death. <laughs> you can hear me hack on Foo Fighters coming up. <laughs> oh, uh, finally yeah. got an album where I had to just go, nah, I can't do this one. Well, that's okay too. Like, yeah, no, well, there's nothing wrong with it. No, nah, the point is, you gotta be honest. The point is, you have a listen. Yeah, uh, give it things a chance. Yeah, and yeah. we don't trash anything if we don't like it. You know, I like sure. I was saying last night, try to find something positive in a record that you don't like like something oh, yeah. that you may not have heard before you can learn from and mm. and just but maybe appreciate yeah, arrangement but ideas or it's it's so, funny because it, it's I, I i never ever listened to an entire van halen album in my life mm. and it kind of obviously obviously <laughs> and it kind of listening to it it kind of 
made me kind of realize, you know, I haven't actually been missing out. I know, not that I haven't. You know, <laughs> yeah, I don't you mean just, in a bad you know way, what? I haven't listened to it, and I'm completely wrong. It's it sort of, it's sort of, it's sort of, you know, I fight myself. It, it it affirmed my my opinion on it. Yeah. And same with Steve Ray Vaughan. Never listened to Steve Ray Vaughan album before. Listened to that. I was I was complaining to you about yeah, this. Yeah. Exactly. It's too bluesy. Um. It's just blues. It's all the same. Um, but then at the same time, there were some albums like um, the Deep Purple album. Yeah. I was really surprised. I thought it was excellent. Mm. I thought it was a really good album. Stormbringer. Stormbringer? Stormbringer, Stormbringer. yeah. See, my theory is, this is my theory, that if something evokes your emotion, even if it's hatred, Mm. it's... Well, I'm not hating (laughs) on the stuff. I'm just... It's just not my thing. It's just not my thing. It means it's good because you actually get the reaction out of someone. Yeah. If, it was, if everything was beige and no one cared about anything you made, then it's like, well, that's like a piece of beige past. Then, oh, and that's why I struggled with someone's got to love it and hate it, and that's good things. Yeah. It actually yeah. gets a reaction from. I struggled with the St. Vincent record because I kept like I want to hear hooks, you know, right. and without hooks, I sort of don't, you know, I can appreciate things musically, but then because now that I'm forty-five years old. I just, Old. Yeah, I look for, I, I'm looking more for an entertainment factor. Yeah. I'm not looking for, you know, an album's not going to come along like Jeff Buckley's Grace when I was in my 20s and completely shake my world up and go, what is this? And completely rethink everything I thought of before. So I'm not looking for anything to change my world. I'm like, I'm looking for movies that just entertain me. Yeah. Thought provoking, yes. But I'm not looking for something arty that's trying to make a statement anymore. Mm. And same with music. I'm looking for something just to put a smile on my face or yeah. make me feel something yeah. and get me singing, dancing, moving, crying, whatever the emotion is. But when an album doesn't evoke that kind of immediacy from me, it's hard for me to get into it, you yeah. know? Fair enough, yeah. So, yeah. I'm like the wham, bam, thank you, man, now kind of guy, <laughs> you know, like, come on! <laughs> Yeah, very good. Well, all right. On that note, we could probably keep going. Yeah, 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 yeah. We could, we could, we could make this a three-parter. Um, what do you think? The dog, the dog approves. Okay, so uh, everyone, and oh, I always say that at the end, and I should say it at the start. But uh, if you, if you listen, okay. Word of the podcast. Oh, um, um, um. <laughs> um. <laughs> um. <laughs> Just Do- something appropriate. Dog bow. No? Um, I think something related to the guitars we talked about. Okay. Uh, single cut or double cut? <laughs> so if you if you prefer single cut, write single cut. If you prefer double cut, junior, write double cut. Uh, and then if you do that, we'll send you a emoji cookie uh, if you made it this far. And also if you made it this far, uh, whatever it is you're looking at while you're listening to this podcast. See, Rob did that all the time. Yeah. Matt does it all the time. Yeah. A few other people do it, but not that many people do it. Whatever it is, because I often forget to say it at the beginning and I say it at the end and no one listens, it's fine. But uh, <laughs> whatever it is you're looking at while you're listening to this podcast, you don't have to be in it. Just just send us a, a photo of it. Um, either email to us, superfunawesomehappytime at gmail.com or go to her Facebook, Instagram and just send it to us. Uh, just love to know who the fools, I mean, the great people that are listening to this podcast are and where you are in the world and um you know it's cool that there's people from all over the world kind of listening to this for whatever reason they're listening to it so but so thank you so much thank you alex thank you rob 
Cheers, guys. And uh, see you guys in the next one. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see me point out. <laughs> <laughs>